seen the film I suggest you go back to part one if you've not already listened to it or watch the film and then come back to this podcast and enjoy Damien revealing some of the thoughts and ideas behind key moments in the movie back to the interview you very cleverly switch perspective between the film obviously you've got the backstory we're bringing into the present you've got the bad guys You've even got the small town almost as a backstory as well that you're that you're giving us the context, and I thought that was also one of the one of the more interesting aspects of your film, which is no, nothing to do with the explicit the explicit sense of fear and dread, but just maybe a sense. And I'm, you can correct me if I'm if I'm jumping to jumping the gun here, but no. there's a complicity with the town and these two antagonists in your movie. I mean, especially the uh, the character you draw, who's the police guy. Who yes. uh, there's there's a wonderful conversation <laughs> in the in the urinals that that sort of so downplays who these people are and what the law thinks of them or what the, or even even what the law thinks it has responsibility for and I'm guessing in the context of small town Australia. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite scenes in the film. Um, you know, I think it's that way on, and on, and shooting that scene was just a case of you know we're, we're we are in a small toilet. There are very um, few places to put a camera, but this turns out to be the perfect place. And and you just let the actors go for it. And there was this real sense of uh, um, uh, very subtle menace, I think, um, mm. from those two guys. Um, but you have a you know you have a small town policeman who is who is trying not to be the bad cop. You know he's trying to be the peacemaker and to head off um, problems before they start. You know not knowing that he is so far behind the game. Um, in this case, it's not funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also yeah, I never thought the, the the whole idea of shooting three men literally swinging dicks in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a, and and in in a world that we, we I mean I I know from cinema but I'm sure I'm sure it's in, in you know the whole kind of machismo and masculinity aspect of the outback um, yeah. is, is you're you're also never more vulnerable than when you're having a piss in terms of in terms of whatever whatever you think your machismo is yeah yeah and you know um, uh, it was that that was a that was a good days. Um, work that I think, and you, you find things like you know the way that the we end up using the mirror um, in that scene, and and, um, and just a sense that uh, that this guy, um, even though he doesn't know it, is kind of is trapped, um, mm. and you know managed to do a fair bit of sort of foreshadowing in that scene as well. No, no, I must admit, that's off to you really in terms of what what seemed like to start off with quite the innocuous moment of just seeing our two guys pissed around with a phone and in fact it's it has, it's loaded with so much so much with what's going to come that with, with so little being said actually i think 
Yeah, and I think um, I'm sure that you know I used to I used to go out with a girl who lived in a very small um, country town, and um, we would go to her place for Christmas. And you know, Christmas was that time when everyone who you know is not in town has come back to the town. Um, and I, you know, you would go to the pub on Christmas Eve, and it would be you know one of the big social evenings of the year. Mm. And I remember you know feeling like such a fish out of water. And it wasn't even that, the, you know, no one was being hostile or, you know, unfriendly. Mm. Um, it's just that feeling of not fitting in um, and that, you know, this was potentially a dangerous place um, in a way. And maybe that's just, maybe that's my urban oil. <laughs> no, no, I completely hear it. Yeah, but I'm sure I invested a bit of that in, in those scenes in the, in the pub. But I think that's, I mean, it's interesting, urbanoia is, is a perception of unruliness. It, much in the same way when, when we see the kind of roving news reporter speak to the, the, rural, the rural man or woman and ask them what they think of Sydney or what they think of London, and they'll just tell you it's full of people and they all want to rob you and they all want to do this to you, and you're kind of like, no, it, yeah. couldn't, it couldn't be any safer in the city. Yet being in a yes. one-bar one one town where this is the only place to congregate on New Year's Eve. So everyone's there, good, bad, indifferent. And like you say, the fish out of water element. I mean, I remember, like, I'm, fr- I'm not from a remote place, but I'm from a small town north of Manchester. And me and my, fr- my friends lived in Utrecht in Holland for 20 years. I've lived in London. And we just went to some pubs that we were scared to go in when we were 18. Yeah. So this is, t- this is a town I grew up in. And even then, 20 yeah. years on, yeah. we still got scared and left. It's it's sort of the, the, the idea of fitting in is, is 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 a very real thing, isn't it? Um and I've been to music festivals where we've ended up in towns and it's been rainy so we've hit the town and gone to a local bar and just walked yeah. in one door and walked out the other because the whole of the room just went, Who the fuck are you? Because you're not yeah. you're not you're no, not it's, it's true. But yeah, like I you're say not from around these parts. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in a city you're just interested to know where people are from. As opposed to, because no, not everyone's from the city, are they? People come to cities, so there's always that idea that no one's from there, so everyone's welcome. If I'm being urban, that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One of one of <laughs> one of um, now, I'm gonna I, another thing. I have to dance around here. I'll just let's let's say the choices of um, of the boyfriend, fiance. Yes. Yes. Become very different compared to. My, my expectations and maybe my expectations are set with with cinema history as to what you're meant to do when faced with the yes. fight, fight or flight situation. So was yeah. that was that born out of um, what you were talking about earlier with the, with the development of the third act? Well, yeah, um, yeah, yes, um, and yeah, most definitely. That was that was kind of the hinge where um, you know things either ended at one point um, yeah. uh, and. Um, uh, but then I sort of found a better story, you know, to continue. But um, for me, you know, his choices in those moments um, are all about um, my own fears and anxieties about, well, what would I do if um, my family were threatened? You know, mm. that mo- movies teach us that we can be heroes, um, but um, would I? I don't know. Uh, you know, and the truth is for all 
all of us that we don't know what we would do until we're put in that situation. Um, and I think that, you know, in reality, um, there is so much pressure um, uh, that I don't even know how you make a, a decision um, in, in some of those moments. Um, and I th think that, um, you know, it always gets an interesting reaction um, in, in cinemas. You know, people get very vocal um, in that scene um, and always creates, you know, a lot of discussion afterwards, um, you know, in terms of character choices in those moments. And uh, um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, people can be quite judgmental, although they can be quite understanding. And, um, you know, uh, that action has a lot of unintended consequences um, that pay off in ways that are both good and bad um, for those characters. Uh, um, you can even view it through a lens of thinking that if he had not done this, um, you know, then they would have come to a far stickier end. You know, um, yes. it's very hard to talk around no, 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 without no, no. giving well, spoils away. But uh, well, well, I guess the thing yeah. is, what we can say here is, is that we're into what I'm going to call part two. So we'll, well, I'll, I'll illuminate this being part two, and say that this bit's yep. full of spoilers. So we've got part one, which, okay. which wasn't. So, yeah. So what we're talking about here is very much a kind of force majeure moment, aren't we? Where, yes. where yes. the fight or flight choice. Is flight, and and but but I was but the, but it's not absolute flight because he's but it's it's in the moment. It, it, it feels like he's doing his own thing, but in fact he's he's actually made quite the strategic decision in the face of what is you know a terrifying situation. But given you've told, given you've set set him up as a doctor and as a medical person who's going to be yeah. faced with trauma and stuff, it didn't feel unbelievable that he would make such a dramatic choice. It's a fucking surprise in, in the heat of the film, yeah. don't get me wrong, and I think that's the, that's the power of it. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we have expectations of men as protectors. Um, you know, he, that character, has expectations of himself. Um, uh, I think that, you know, as guys, I find that, you know, um, we want to... Um, provide solutions, mm. you know, that oftentimes I catch myself leaping in with a solution um, and someone will just say to me, no, actually, I just want to, I just want you to listen. <laughs> I don't want you to try and fix things. And I think that, you know, Ian being a doctor um, was great because he, you know, he, he wants to try and fix things, you know, and he thinks that he can and that that actually gets him into a lot of trouble. Um, but towards the end of the film, you know, he's, he, he makes a decision um, you know, to go for help, um, which probably, you know, saves the, both of them in a way, um, but is not the decision that you're expecting that character to make um, uh, because, um, you know, in the scheme of things, uh, his ability to return with help in time um, looks pretty unlikely. And it's probably, in his head, pretty unlikely too, but it's, it's what he, you know, the character tells himself. Mm. Um, he, he, he doesn't say, I'm running away. You know, he's, he's going for help, um, even though he knows that this, this is unlikely.
And, and, and while we are now in the realm of spoilers, um, it's, it's also quite brilliant how it doesn't mean that, um, that the surviving antagonist at this point can just, can just kill the woman. He needs the woman alive, which adds to the drama of what's going on. Obviously, he doesn't know that while he's fleeing. He thinks that she's be dead any minute. But, but um, Chuck, is that how I pronounce his name? The character, yeah, Chuck. Yep. Chuck, his 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 fight or flight is I need a hostage, or else I'm just a sitting duck. Well, that's right, and um, uh, you know he <laughs> Chuck himself is expecting Ian to come to Sam's rescue, and when he doesn't, that foils his plan essentially so he, you know he has to kind of improvise and and um and essentially keep sam alive so you know he's behaving as he thinks that characters ought to <laughs> probably as much taught from films as anything else but those two but those two those two characters though um what's the is it german is he called the other character the other the other back german yeah so german and chuck yeah. is i mean i listen to a, i listen to a lot of um true crime podcasts and yeah. the, the partnership of the alpha and beta male is a very, very much crime is riddled with it, where one person basically just drags someone along into their nasty world without the other person. The other person has got no other friends, so has no other option, which, which sounds crazy to rational people like you or I, but it's, such a, it's an all-too-common thing. And, and it's made all the more brilliant in your movie when... Obviously, Chuck eventually is isolated because he no longer has his leader, does he? Yeah, and um, you know, people have asked, you know, is it is this based on any particular um, crime? And it's it's not. Um, but in the writing, I did read a lot of true crime, particularly about um, crimes that had been committed by um, more than one perpetrator. Right. Okay. Um, to really kind of dig into the psychology of um, those characters who commit a crime together, um, which are often, you know, just the worst, most mm. despicable crimes. Um, and one of the things that I uh, found common to those real-life cases was that often, um, you know, these things would not have happened um, were those two people not together. Mm. You know, it, was a, it was a combination of personalities, circumstances, opportunity um, that resulted in, in this crime. But, you know, separately, those guys may not have um, done what they did. Um, and so that was something that I was, you know, trying to get at um, with, the, with the film and, and, and their dynamic um, and this... You know, story of um, how um, an older guy mentors a younger guy into murder, um, but then and really discovers that he's kind of let the genie out of the bottle, and that this younger guy has embraced his bloodlust in a way that um, could not have been expected. Mm. And and yeah, it, actually, when you describe it like that, it is it is almost it's it's like you've 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 cottoned onto that. The evil version of you know William Burroughs' thing about the third mind, where two people collaborate and the third mind creates it. And in the same way, if two if two bad people collaborate, then a worse kind of bad can happen. 
Um, and in a way, Chuck, Chuck's almost, as the follower, almost having to prove beyond proof that he's as bad as his alpha leader, in some senses. It's almost like... And, and, in, and obviously the chaos of your movie is born out of Chuck's attempt to do something on his own. Yeah, that's... No, that's completely right. Um, and... Uh, I mean, very much in the... You know, in, in the scene where he is kind of mental brought into that. Um, um, I mean, that's... When we find out the fate of the family... Um, it is very much that scene of you know one character mentoring the other one into into committing this crime, um, and doing it in a way by again dehumanising their victims. So you know they're treated as targets, mm. not people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in order to in order to get him over the hurdle of actually um, killing a person. Um, now, so what? you know again. No, sorry, you go. I was just going to say the the the, uh, the continuation of, of sort of Chuck's sort of manifestation as 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 the sort of the crazier of of the two crazy people is is in a, in a, and we're in spoiler bits now, aren't we? So I could I could describe this bit that and and I and, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I jumped out of my seat. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating by any stretch of imagination. Um, when when Chuck quietens the baby down. I just, oh, yeah. I just wasn't seeing that at all, and given, and I think that may be to do with the, the whole, the whole, the whole ability you've done to sort of hide us from, the, from the graphic violence, and then you give us yeah. this one shocking note, and I swear, I, I kind of jumped forward in my seat. I was like, I've not seen it, I've not seen it coming, I've not seen it before. Um, so, yeah. congratulations yeah. on, on sort of stirring, stirring <laughs> me as an audience member. I'm sure I'm not alone with that reaction. No, people scream. Yeah, um, I yelped. Cinema. There was a definite yelp that I didn't know I was going to do. Um, and I guess yeah, you, and, you, you know, you, from a character point of view, you're, you, you've you, you kind of nailed it. Essentially, he just wants the baby to shut up. Yeah. You know, he, he is in this really horrific moment. He cannot think straight, um, and this sudden, you know, and he snaps, um, and. I think part of its, you know, obviously part of its power is you're dealing with a child, um, which is shocking and, you know, breaks a lot of rules. Um, you know, it really does feel like this moment where if people so far, you know, um, have, you know, gone on the journey and thought, you know, I know where this is going, at that point I feel like audiences think all bets are off. Anything that I thought might have, you know, might be going to happen, I... I I do not know now. You know, nobody is safe. Um, so there's, you know, there is that sort of aspect to it. Um, but I feel that it is, you know, grounded in a kind of real character choice, um, and that it, you know, it, it it continues to pay off in ways that um, the audience won't expect. No, no, and, and and again, I can only I can only applaud you for it. Really, I think that you've you've given us all the shades of grey of two antagonists. That could very easily have just been sort of moustache twirling baddies. Um, you know, we, yeah. we 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 get to see the guy who can't wake up. We get to see his friend use his dog as a as, a, as an alarm clock. You know, <laughs> just just buddy buddies, just buddy buddy yeah. stuff that that show you that they're just human beings, but they've also got a, a a default, sorry, a fault in their head that means they can't be 
complete because that's not that's they're, 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 that's two people that, we, that that get on with each other, isn't it? You know, that's that's that could have been any yeah. that could have been in any film, and, and you'd have gone, oh look, yeah. there's two people who are close. They they rub each other up the wrong way, but they love each other dearly, you know. And that's all that was to yes. me. But, yes. And yeah. then, and obviously later on, you you begin to understand that was a lot more about, like I say, alpha and beta domination, and and one of them maybe doesn't have any choice. And then the moment, yes, he breaks out on his own, he realizes how fucking dumb he is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that's yeah. And again, I can only keep that. Those those characters were just were just wonderful um, as 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 bad guys go, if you know what I mean. As as good as you know your the, the couple who were getting engaged and they were loving. In a way, I mean, this is this is sort of because um, because another obvious comparison with your movie would be would be Eden Lake. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a it's a very similar setup. Um, yeah, but there was with Eden Lake there was there was an element of. Almost frothing at the mouth to, to to give us the the nasty. I mean, we, we we were. It was made during a period of kind of the hoodie, hugger hoodie, hoodie panic, whatever that might be. And so, yeah. it it ended up playing like, for my mind, it ended up playing like like a Daily Mail wet dream of of what they fear, as much as yes. a kind of <laughs> liberal nightmare of what is going on. And I didn't like yeah. that fact. Whereas I don't think your I don't think your film panders to any sort of any sort of political bias at all. I mean, I think it plays, the sides it plays off is just that urban oil element that we don't know what we're going into. We, 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 we open, we go to the world full of trust and once the trust is broken, if we're in a place so remote, then we've only got ourselves to save us. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I mean, I, mean, I think that, um, you know, I mean, I think the film does have things to say about Gender. I think it has um, things also to say about race and Australia's history of violence. Mm. Um, and I think, it, you know, if anything, um, you know, one of the things I was concerned with was this idea of cycles of violence. You know, so that, um, uh, you know, this this violence could have happened 200 years ago. It could have happened last week. It's happening right now, and it's going to happen again tomorrow. And I think that, you know, there are some story elements that 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 talk to that. Um, but also the structure, the nonlinear structure, mm. um, which um, uh, slightly dislocates you as a viewer from from time, um, also kind of you know speaks to that to that idea. No, totally. Um, so w when you say race, do, do mm. you do you mean the character of German and what his role is? Is that, is that who? Yeah, you're... I mean, I mean, having you know, yeah, that's right. You know, having an indigenous actor as um, as playing one of the villains and. Uh, you know, Aaron Pedersen is, um, I think, a, a national treasure, um, one of Australia's um, best actors. And um, when, you know, his name came up in the conversation, um, I thought he'd be great because he has all those qualities that that character needs. You know, he has the charisma, he has the, the power, the strength to um, be able to mentor a younger uh, man into murder. Um, uh, but at the time, I said, "Look, he'll never do it because you know he always plays cops." Um, and of course, that was one of the reasons why he wanted um, to to play the role and embraced mm. it so so well um, was that he just doesn't get offered those roles. Um, and I think that um, you know he spoke of um, his character um, 
you know, because Indigenous people here have a really strong connection to country. And he talked about, so the, 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 the reference to a past um, massacre of Indigenous people was already in the script. Um, but when he came on board, he talked about um, how he felt that um, German had been poisoned um, by this event in the past. Um, and that um, was a lens through which he, he looked at that character, um, which we, you know, we, we really took on and embraced when we were making the film in, in thinking about the, the landscape as, as a character and a, and a player in the film. Do, do you think then in, Aust in Australian culture, does, does, does his role present problems for people to sort of see see the see the colour of his skin or think about the past and how the indigenous people have been treated um i, I don't know that it presents problems i think it's um i think it kind of raises questions that uh, um that um as far as you know i'm I know the film comes out here next week actually okay. so um uh but you know i've seen it play at festivals here and um you know it plays well and 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 um that's just a kind of another lens, I guess, through which local audiences are looking at it. Yeah, no, I mean, because because from I'm just oh, the reason I ask is because because from a from a UK perspective, it didn't feel like exploitative at all. It felt like he was a no, he, no. he was damaged by society yeah. as much as any kind of any kind of evil intent he was ever born with. That's right. That's right. So um, yeah, yeah, and I think you know people people understand that. Yeah. Well, one, just one last one last question while we're in while we're in the smaller territory, because one of the one yeah. of, and we couldn't talk about this in the first part, but we were we were we were building to it is is the way that you overlay your two your two story your two or three I guess three storylines, haven't you? Really, you've got you've got the backstory, you've got the killers coming in, you've got the the couple discovering what's going on, but when you take the the, yeah. the, 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 the doctor to the top of the mound and he sees what we haven't seen yet, and you yeah. and I think you hold on him for quite a while. Before we're allowed to see what it was, it's almost like the opposite of of what you do when you when we're left with the aftermath of the family, is that you hold on him and we we yeah. are left to imagine what he's being confronted with. Um, yeah, and it is it's 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 a it's a, again it's the power of cinema again, isn't it? The way that the way that we work, our minds are going show us, and then it's like he's not showing us, so we're going to have to think what it is, which is a lot more terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, look, so, you know, structurally for me, you know, the first part of the film um, is all about what happened to um, the family in the tent. Yeah. You know, that's the question that the film asks. That's the question that um, the protagonists um, need answered. Um, and, um, you know, it is answered by um, the scene of um, their killing. And um, for me, that scene of the killing um, feels like the eye of a hurricane. So um, it is this quiet, calm, dead space. You know, there's no music. Um, mm. there's, um, there's, there's an awful stillness to it. And then when that's over, now that Sam and Ian know the answer to the question, um, they're left to face the consequences. And so, um, like a hurricane, everything's drawing you in to that centre, that, that 
um, circle, um, but then you're thrown out the other side mm. um, into this um, very fast-paced um, chase um, and them a, a real struggle for survival. So, you know, structurally, that's that's how I always kind of imagined it working. No, and I, and I was kind of like I I, I, I I quietly punched the air at that point when 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 the stories came together because I was like I was I was thinking how's he going to do this how's he going to do it and just that moment when when Ian knows he's he's in bother having having we've yeah. already we've been pri- we've been privy to so much and we're dreading him finding out and we're kind of hoping against hope that he won't but that's kind of that's a naive ambition for the movie regardless so when he does. You kind of you you just like you, you kind of drop a gear and you go you kind of go oh, shit what do you do now, and there, and like and like all good sort of survival films is you you present them with you can do nothing right now, and you kind of go where does the film go from here and then you just take us on like you say you, you help the hurricane metaphor is, is it works as it draws you in <laughs> it draws you in then throws you out somewhere and you don't know where you are and you're disorientated until the film finishes. So uh, no, look, congratulations on the film. It is, it is. I mean, any film that gets me, that the moment it starts gets me thinking of Men, Women, and Chainsaws. And I, I knew, I knew I was in safe hands as far as um, <laughs> as far as film goes. And um, and that's that was kind of it. And interestingly, I I um, I took a friend of mine along to the screening. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's not. Yep. He doesn't. He doesn't do film criticism or, or involved with film at all, really. And he'd not yep. seen. He'd not been to the cinema for a while. So I said, look, I'm sure I can get you plus one. We'll go and see it. And he was shocked. It was like it was it was an amazing. Like I mean, I'm not saying I'm desensitised, but it's in yeah, a sense, yeah. it's a sense I'm kind of ready to be shocked. Um, because yes. you know, you're always you're always one. You, you, you like almost like a like a like a um, like an adrenaline junkie. You want that. I want that hit that Texas Chainsaw Massacre gave me when I first saw it. You know, I'm always, 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 always looking for that. And and he he hasn't been looking for that. And he was like a, he was like a, yeah, it was it was a good film, but. I don't know what to think. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, for t- we, yeah, we get a we. Get, I mean, that that's a that's a pretty common reaction that you know pe- people are are a bit stunned mm. um, at the end of it. Which um, is which is exactly know, they, where your heroes are at the end, aren't they? They're not. They're not a, there's no clear answers yeah. going forward, uh, is there? No, that's right. And you know, people. Um, uh, you know, I, f- I really feel like. Um, People go on that journey with those characters and have a very, you know, visceral, um, you know, experience. Like the film feels like an experience. You know, we put we put the um, the characters, those characters, through the ringer, um, and I think the audience the audience goes um, to a similar place. <laughs> no, no, totally, totally, yeah. And I think it's it, 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 in in some senses it's a it, it's a it's the same but different in the way that I think that. Um, the way that Waking Fright takes you on that, on that journey, you can't get off. You've got to see it to the end, and no, then yeah. the, the end is no, going to be right. extreme, and you're not going to be ready for it all. But look, thank you very much for giving yeah. us your time on the Britflix podcast, and I'm and I'm glad we managed to do a kind of use the two part for two for for a kind of pre-spoiler and a spoiler episode. So that meant we could have a, a more fun conversation about some of the details in your film because it's it's a it is. It's a super clever, effective movie. So congratulations on that from, and uh, I'm sure it'll go down a storm at Frightfest. Oh uh, no, thank you, Stuart. Um, really appreciate it. Um, I have really enjoyed um, chatting with you tonight. You have been 
listening to the Britflix Fright Fest Preview Podcast. Mm-hmm.